0: Well, it's nice to have a little bit of laughter as we try to get right on the money with uh, the humor that stewardship certainly does afford us. Listen, we started this series last week right on the money. As we started this, we started it with a question, but there was a question before the question that we had to answer. And that is, what is stewardship? Because, see, the question was, is it ownership or is it stewardship? That's what we asked last week. So we had to answer the the, the pre-question, and that is, well, what is stewardship? And stewardship is management. It's, it, that's what it is. It's, it's managing somebody else's stuff. That's what stewardship is. And so we ask this question, is it, is it ownership or is it stewardship? And we began to look and see what is it in scriptures we can begin to learn about when it comes to this resource of money. Is it really ours or, or is it God's? And, and we need to be able to answer this question, that there's a joy attached with generosity that we don't get any other way. That we can't experience the joy without being generous. And there's this joy that we only get it when we choose to be generous. And so as we look at this, is it ownership or is it stewardship? Because ownership takes this focus and says, I'm going to focus on my rights. But stewardship focuses on responsibility. It's just two different ways of looking at it. Owner, It's mine, and so I have the right to say and do with it what I but stewardship says there's a responsibility that, that I have to the owner, and so I need to be responsible. Well, today we're going to talk about change of perspective is what we're going to look at. But last week, one of the things that we did is we decided that we were going to give away an FPU kit, Financial Peace University kit, that we're gonna give one of those away in each one of our services. Well, we're doing the same exact thing today. It's a $120 kit for you to be able to go through the Financial Peace University class, and, and we're going to be starting that Nine days from the day, September 24th, it's going to go nine weeks. We will finish the week before Thanksgiving, and it is a life-changing class. But I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to hear from some other people that they have gone through this as well. Most stories that have a happy ending don't feel like it along the way. We borrowed for everything. Want a new couch? Go finance it. Want a new TV? Go finance it. Want a new car? Go finance it. My whole philosophy was credit cards. I'll just work another week, swipe the card. Everything kind of started to crash. We started to see our marriage drop away. I personally owed $750,000 in debt. I was totally hopeless. You need to decide if you want to be wealthy or if you want to look wealthy. When somebody told me about FPU, I grabbed hold of it like a life preserver. It gave me hope that we could make our marriage work. Knowing where your money's going is a huge life changer. Nobody owns me anymore. Nobody. It's opened up communication big time. All of a sudden, we were back together on a crusade. We changed our family tree. I am here to do my debt-free screen. Yeah, how much have you paid off? Four hundred and fifty-six thousand. Eighty-nine thousand. One hundred and twenty thousand. Three hundred ninety-four thousand dollars. Three, 2, two one. Debt-free! This financial peace stuff is working. People are getting out of debt and they're becoming millionaires. We are the first generation that are millionaires. And we've given more than we ever imagined we could yeah. give. I now have a net worth of $1.7 million. Hope is real. They call it Financial Peace University. They call it that for a reason. And because it really does bring financial peace. It's not instant. you got to work through it all. And when you work through it all, you will get to the place where you can experience financial peace. That, that Cheryl and I, that, that when we went through this class, we had been carrying $60,000 in debt from college. And we mapped out a plan to pay that thing off in five years. We paid it off in three. And it's because we just learned to put these principles to place. And we didn't increase our spending on ourselves when more resource came in. And we just got focused and serious about paying off the debt. And it changed our lives and the way that we would manage money from that point forward. And so as somebody who's graduated, who's gone through this, I just can't encourage you enough and so we do want to give one of these away. If you're somebody you're watching online, you're not going to get the opportunity, but I would encourage you to, to go and, and look online and search where that is in your area for you to participate. But, but for us here, that if you're somebody you're going, hey, I want to be in that class, and I'd love the opportunity to get that free kit, then you need to text your first and your last name to 210-722-5328. So that's the number you need to text. I'm going to say it again, 210-722-5328, the the ninth person is going to be the one that's going to win this, and we're going to give it away at the end of the service, and so good luck to you. I hope you guys will do it. We already have 35 people signed up for this class before we even started services today, and I just can't encourage you enough to go through something like this if you don't actually do FPU. So let me ask a question. What kind of emotions stirs within you when the topic of money comes up? What is that emotion? Is is, is that emotion joy? Is is that emotion, is is it peace? Or for you, when when the topic of money, when it comes into play, is, is the emotion that starts to be stirred, is it one of worry? Is it one of Fear? Is, is it this motion of jealousy? Is, is it a motion of guilt? The, the, what is that emotion with you when it comes to money? Because it should be and it can be joy and peace. That It can be. We can all get to this place. Now, I want to ask you this. If, if I were to give you $100... And, and I were to ask you, will you go find somebody to give this to? Somebody that you think that, that this would be a blessing to them, that they're, they're down on their luck, they're, they're going through some hard times. Could you, that, that I think most of you, maybe even every single one of you in the room would go, I'll do that. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I'd love that opportunity. But if I were to say, you know what, I, I think you guys should dig into your pockets and I think that you should find $100 that you would give to somebody that's in need. That that, that it would turn a little bit. It wouldn't be so much this smile and and this joy of generosity. It would be more of this, uh, uh, no, no, you you don't get to tell me what to do with my money. (laughs) How how dare you? If you want to do it with yours, that's fine. But but don't be telling me what to do with mine. That that we begin to to think this way. And and when it comes to stewardship, this management, here's the reality. We're not all given the same amount to steward. We don't all manage the same amount. I'm out. Just, just, just think about it like this. That, that I'm taller than some of you. But some of you are taller than me. That I, I get to steward and manage more height than some. And, but some of you get to do that more than me. And so that one's not too offensive. Let's do one that's a little more offensive, right? I'm smarter than some of you. <laughs> that, that I get to steward a little more smarts than, than some of you. But there are many of you that are smarter than me. And then we don't get a steward the same amount. And when it comes to finances, it's the same way. That, that, that God doesn't give everybody equal on every single thing. And we all get to steward different amounts of, of whatever it is that is there for us to manage. But when it comes to this whole idea of stewardship, that, that we've got to be okay with that different people get different amounts that they steward. And when we can get right on the money, we, we don't have to have jealousy. We, we don't have to be thinking jealous thoughts and thinking we want what they have because we can get right on the money. But when we fail to completely trust God with our stuff, with our possessions, with our money, when we fail to completely trust Him with that, then we're also going to fail to completely trust Him with our relationships, with our health, with our life, even with our eternity. And that that there's something about where we trust God with the money. The stewardship, a good steward manages someone else's stuff. That's what a good steward does. A good steward manages someone else's stuff to accomplish the purpose of the owner, not the steward. That that when we get to manage it, it, we go, okay, who's the owner? I need to accomplish it for your purpose. That I need to look at what you want to do. And and where we can probably, most of us, relate to this is if you've ever worked for somebody else. That that, that you would give them your time and and you would have an opportunity to manage some of their resource. but, But you have to do what their goals and their purposes are. That's what you do, because they are the owner, and you're just a steward, an employee, a steward of that. And that when it comes to the stuff that that we get to manage, it's all God's. We have to understand this, that, that being right on the money, that it trusts that everything belongs to God. It trusts that everything comes from God. And what it trusts is that everything is distributed by God. That that's being right on the money requires this. And when we're right on the money, it's, it's being true to what we need to do. Being right on the spot. And it's the love of money that competes with our love for God. It is. It, it's our love for money. It's our love for the stuff. It's our love for the that competes with our love for God. That Jesus... He spoke more about money, possessions, and stuff than he did on heaven, hell, and prayer combined. Think about that. I mean, that's like, wait, wait, wait. Jesus talked more about money, stuff, possessions than he talked about heaven, hell, and prayer? Yes, he did. And, And the reason that he did this is because he knows that nothing competes with our heart more than the money. That it is our our heart, that that, that money competes for our heart. And, and God wants our heart. And we need to understand this. So we're going to look in Luke chapter 16 today. This is where we're going to be all morning long. And we're going to camp out here. And we're going to look and see what is it that Jesus wanted us to know. And, and this is a parable. It's a made-up parable story didn't really happen but Jesus makes up a story and he makes up a story so that he can teach a point point. and so we're going to get to this so Jesus told this story to his disciples there was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs and one day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money So, the people listening, his audience, as he's saying this, they're they're all able to track and follow and figure out what's going on. They're going, okay, you're making up a story. So, here's his somebody who's an owner. They've got a manager. The manager, he's not keeping track. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's wasting his employer's, the owner's money. Verse two. So, the employer called him in and said, What's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. It's a warning just want you to know it's going to be happening. You're going to get fired. So then look at what takes place next. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me, and I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Kind of sounds like an inspiration for a country song. I I don't know, (laughs) but... But as you look at this, and, and Jesus is laying this out again. He's just making all this up so that everybody can be tracking and follow along, figure out where he's going with this. And people can go, and they can kind of relate. And they're going, well, God, I wouldn't want to dig ditches either. And I'm, I'm probably too proud to beg, too. I, and then there's I, I can relate. I understand what's going on with this. Verse 4. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. The, the, what happens right here is that Jesus is telling the story. This is one of the things that you can just pick up on right here in the story time equals opportunity. It, it, it's just right there that time equals opportunity. Hey, you're going to be fired. He's going, Oh, 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 I, I know what I can do for the time when I do get fired because I I, I need to be able to to make some friends, because I need to be able to have a place that I can stay, because I'm certainly not going to be able to afford the place that I have right now if I am fired. Verse 5, so he invited, the the manager, so he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? I think Jesus, as he's even telling the story, and making it up as he's going, that there's even this sense of, hey, I'm going to let you know just how bad of a manager he is. He didn't even know how much was owed. And so he has to ask the guy that, that, that owes, hey, how much do you owe my, my, my owner? How much do you actually owe him? And the man replied, I owe him, make sure I'm in the right place, I'm sorry. And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. Wow. You, you can do that for me? Absolutely. You know, Jesus is telling the story. Hey, that guy's going to go, hey, I kind of like you. He's, he's starting a friendship with this guy now that he may have never had that the shrewd manager, he leveraged some of his time to create an opportunity for himself. And how much do you owe my employer, he asked the next man. I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. So everybody's listening to this story and and, and what's happening with this guy that's about to be fired, the steward, this manager that's about to be fired. And then Jesus says this, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. Wise is what that word is. Being so wise, cunning, wise. And he's going, hey, wow, I'm admiring... What you're doing, it's all made up, but, but Jesus is wanting to teach a point. And it's true that the children of this world, that would be people who are not Christ's followers, and it's true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. That Jesus is the light of the world, and, and, and he is the light, that would be Christ's followers. He says it's true. And it's people with a limited perspective of life. They're actually more shrewd than people with an eternal perspective of life when it comes to the stuff. Verse 9: Here's the lesson: use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends that we're usually a whole lot better on that whole making friends things, and maybe it's not even so much using it to make friends, but maybe it's using it to keep friends. But, but, but what about this part about using it to benefit others? That use, it, use these worldly resources to benefit others and make friends, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Three insights about stuff that I want us to look at. And you could be somebody that you're, you're stepping into church for the very first time. You're going, I, I don't even know what I believe about God, about Jesus. I, I'm not even sure. And, and here you are, you're talking about money and giving it to God. I want you to know what we're getting ready to talk about with these three insights. Th- these insights apply whether or not you believe in Christianity or not, whether you believe in God or not. Th- these are just three insights when it comes to the stuff, the money, the possessions, that is true for anyone. Here's the first one it's a tool. That's one of the insights, that, that the stuff, it, it, it's, it's a tool. And it's a tool that, that we can use, what? To benefit others. It's a tool that we can use, what? To make friends. It's, it's a tool. It's a tool that we could also choose to say, I'm just going to use it for myself. But it is a tool. And we should be asking ourselves, how can I use, and, and, and we just go through the list, how, how, how can I use my, my home? How, how, how can I use my car? How can I use my boat, my four-wheeler, my boat lease, whatever, my, my dear lease? What, whatever that is that, that you have, my, my check-in account. How can I use this? How can I use my skill? How can I use this to benefit others and make friends? How can I use this to serve my God? How can I use this? Verse 10 If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. There's a very sad statistic out there to me. And that is that here in America, less than 3% of Christ followers give God a tithe a tithe is a tenth, it's, it's a specific amount, a tenth, that, that, that less than 3% of Christ's followers give God a tithe, a tenth, of what they manage. That, that this minimum standard that, that we can look at and we can see, and, and Jesus even reinforces this in the New Testament, and we're not doing it, many of us. And, and, and when we don't do that, we're not going to experience the, the level of joy that comes with generosity that comes when we are completely faithful with what God has asked us to do when we begin to manage the stuff. Another insight about stuff. It's a test. It's a tool, but it is also a test. A lot of us are going, I don't want to take that test. (laughs) Well, it's a test. It's an insight. You just need to understand that that the money that you manage, that, that... you are taking a test. And it's going to be up to you of how you come out on this test. Jesus went on, verse 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That that we're being tested to see what kind of eternal riches we're going to receive based on what we do with our resources here. But let me, let me be clear about those eternal riches. Because the eternal riches, the, 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 these things that, that we do as we serve God and serve others in His name, these things that we do, that there's going to be these eternal riches that we're going to get, that, that when we get to heaven and we get all this, it's not so that we can kind of pick it up and say, Oh, what size mansion do I need based on all this stuff? The, the, the stuff that we're going to have because of the riches that we earn in heaven, because of the things that we choose to do here on earth, it's so that we can take that and we can lay it at Jesus' feet. And we say, Jesus, thank you. That, that This is just a small token of my gratitude for what you've done for me. So thank you. It's not so that, so that we can have this stuff for ourselves, but it's so that we can have what is it that we're going to give as our thank you to Jesus, our Savior. And this test, it reveals who we're serving. It, the, the, the test reveals are, are, are we serving God or are we serving the stuff? And if we're serving the stuff, you know who we're really serving? We're serving ourselves with the stuff. The third insight is it's a trademark. It's a trademark. That that, that there's something about the way that we manage the stuff that that people kind of observe pieces of it and and they get to understand, oh, who are you as an individual? Who are you as a person? It is a trademark. So I want you to to see something when it comes to the way that, that we manage the stuff the what we have here is is we've got this jar, and so this jar is our is our spend. What what are we what are we spending? Okay, we've got what we are. What we are saving, and then we have right here what we are doing when it comes to serving. How is it that we are serving? This be maybe giving would be another way you could think about this. But but it's what we're doing and how we are serving God and serving others. And and so there, there's these three jars, and 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 usually we end up putting them in, in the priority of, of what we want to do. That we go, okay, well, well I, I'm, I'm going to spend first. And some people choose to hit this jar first and, and they don't have anything left over. And there's no other money, resource to put in another jar. Some people will, will spend first and, and then they'll end up saving next, but there's nothing left for them to be able to serve others. There, there'll be some that'll go, I, I don't need to save for myself, I, I'll, I'll serve other people. But when we look at really what we should be doing is really we should be taking our spend and it should go to the very end and we should be taking our serve and it should become our first priority. There's something that I heard over a dozen years ago that really shaped how, how we did our finances. It was called the 10-10-80. And it was this 10-10-80 rule. And with this 10-10-80 rule, it was, it was about Percentages that when it comes to the man and the money that you manage, the resource you manage, to, to live by this 10-10-80. So I've got $100 here. And so to illustrate this, that the 10-10-80 is you start by giving your first 10 to the way that you're going to serve God, the way that you're going to serve others. What, what are you going to do? And, and so you start here by, by serving God, by serving others. Your next 10 is your choosing to save. And And, and then the 80... 80 is now what you can spend but it's about, it's about prioritizing this that, that what we have to do is, is we have to think in terms of percent that, that what percent are we giving to these we, we've got to be good managers we, we've got to be good stewards we, we've got to get wise when it comes to this and, and this 10-10-80 is something that Cheryl and I we, we did for years we're just not doing it anymore And and I gave you some TMI last week, so I figure, hey, why not just keep the TMI up? And so I'm going to give you another TMI today. But I'm going to share this, and I mean it in the most humble of ways. That that Cheryl and I are at the highest that we've been in several years in our spend category. And we are at 74% is what we are spending. And the reason that that has gone up on us so much is because we have two kids in college that we are paying for as they go, and it has really increased what our spending is, because we have really dialed back what we're using for ourselves, so so that we can go, hey, we want to give and we want to give generously. And, and we want to be wise and we want to save save for the future. And savings for us includes just the regular savings and what money's in the bank. And saving for us also includes retirement savings and what we're doing there. But but we've just we've just dialed it back. And and being intentional about what we're doing. And, and, and it is, it's it's a trademark on your life when it comes to how you manage the stuff. Let's, let's finish this passage up. Jesus said. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. All of this is with this made-up story that he's got. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It, It can't happen. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. It's interesting as Jesus lays out his case, he doesn't say you can't serve God and serve Satan. He says you can't serve God and serve the stuff, serve the money. Verse 14, the Pharisees, religious leaders, the Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all of this and scoffed at him, thinking he's so off. That is not what, the way it needs to be. But as we listen and we keep learning from what Jesus had to say, is the way that we manage stuff demonstrates who we are really serving the way that we manage of it it demonstrates who we are really serving are we serving ourselves are we serving our Savior it, it it's a trademark that, that identifies what we are doing with the stuff verse 15 last verse then he said to them you to the religious leaders you like to appear righteous in public But God knows your heart. He he knows what's going on inside. Yeah, and you you can look righteous, you can look good, but God sees the heart. And what this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. What the world honors as far as, hey, let's look successful. Let's take care of ourselves. What this world honors, it is detestable in the sight of God. And when we willfully overextend ourselves financially, when we willfully choose to do this, it says we're choosing to serve ourselves with the stuff. And we've got to dial it back. We've got to dial it back and not not be about serving ourselves with all of this stuff. There's room and there's, there's freedom in there to enjoy some of this when you're getting the other part right. But you gotta start by what you're doing with how you're serving God. So let me ask a question. Who has your heart? Let me, let me narrow the choices. And we're just gonna make it multiple choice. Does your Savior have your heart? Or does your stuff have your heart? Because one brings joy, and the other one chases joy and never finds it. Who has your heart? In the two places, with just a quick look that you can find out who has your heart, it's your checking account and your calendar that what you're doing with your time and what you're doing with the money that you manage reveals who has your heart. And there's too many people that they have this attitude. It says, the money is my money. And I'm tired of the church just wanting my money. Because the church doesn't want your money. God doesn't even want your money. But there's something that he really does want. And he wants your heart. And I don't know what it is and why he determined that this 10%, when we're willing to give that, that, that gets a place where we go, okay, God, you have my heart. That when we give him this, and when we see things the way God sees them, it'll change our perspective on the money. Pray with me. God, you certainly have created us and, and you absolutely know what is best for us. You know the things that distract us. God, I pray that, that when it comes to money that, that we would be willing to adjust where we might need to adjust so that we can be right on the money. God, that, God, that we would have a, a heart that's open to you. God, that we would desire to be serving you more than serving ourselves. That we would have a, an incredible gratitude to you. That it would change the way that we manage, the way that we steward, the stuff. God, grow us where we need to be grown. God, where, where we just need to stay tenacious, where you've already grown us. Help us, help us to stay there. But God, may we be people. May we be people that has the change of perspective that matches yours. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.